and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and this is our full moon forecast, which I absolutely love to do. We are going to look at the month of September a little bit, looking at this beginning. Uh, the full moon will fall on the 2nd of September, and then we will get into the personal horoscopes and maybe what you can focus on for this full moon. And we have a lot going on astrologically. I've been saying that this month is going to be pretty dynamic, um, and we will talk about why. <laughs> there are a few reasons why. Um, but starting with the full moon. So the full moon is going to take place on September 2nd, 2020, and it will occur around 12.22 a.m., so please keep in mind, I do study the sidereal zodiac. So if you follow Western astrology, this is not going to be correct. And I am in Austin, Texas. So depending on where you are, that's going to vary a little bit. Um, oh, and before we get started, <laughs> um, I want to remind you all that I have a module two course coming up and it is geared for those who already have a pretty good understanding of the houses, planets, and signs. We are going to talk about aspects, how planets influence one another, even if they're not conjunct. We're going to talk about transits, which is how the moving planets, as they are as we speak, can influence your chart or the world at large. When I do these podcasts, I'm largely talking about transits. We're going to talk about dashas, planetary periods, and also yogas. And this is where certain planets come together, they'll form a certain configuration and manifest something in your life. So there are different yogas for entrepreneurship or for power, for wealth, uh, for sadness and grief as well. So we're going to talk about how to see those configurations in a birth chart. If you do want more information on that, please go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on group study modules, and you'll be able to register there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there is the option of doing homework, and if you're in my class, you know this, I put a lot of time into sitting down and creating it and looking at it. I send comments back, suggestions back, or things that I think were fantastic. So um, it's very interactive, if you will. But okay, so talking about this full moon occurring on September 2nd, keeping in mind that the moon represents the masses. So this is why paying attention to the cycles of the moon is so incredibly important, you know, and one can say, well, the moon changes signs. It's constantly uh, moving. It moves so quickly, the moon does. And that's true. But the moon has profound impact on us, how we feel day to day, water on earth. I mean, it's completely, it's such a vitally important aspect of our life. And I think that people become very disconnected from that. Um, I just want to share, there is a goddess of the earth called Bu. It's B-H-U. And so she is the goddess that governs the earth and the cycles of the earth. And yet no one knows about her. When have you heard about her? This may be the first time that you're hearing about Bu. And I think that our disconnection from mother earth, the different gods and goddesses that are associated with Mother Earth, I believe that this is why we have such a deep disconnect from the world around us. I think it's really unhealthy. I think that paying attention to the Earth's cycles, to the cycles of the moon, how we feel with the moon, 
um, and of course the other various cycles of the earth, that's our natural state of being. That's how we're supposed to be living. We're supposed to be in sync. We're supposed to be eating with the seasons, going to sleep when the moon comes out, waking up when the sun comes up. You know, we're of this earth. And the earth is this beautiful divine force. It's a living entity. And we are a part of that. And we're born to be in season with the earth, to move with the earth. Um, I think that modern society, there's so many different aspects that are incredibly important and wonderful and, you know, valuable in many ways. But the truth of the matter is that the further we get away from earth, the less importance we place on its cycles or just it in general, the more unhealthy we become. Many ways in which we're living is not natural, you know, and we, we are natural. Our bodies are of the elements of the earth. We're supposed to be moving with the earth. And so maybe paying a little homage to Boo, um, looking her up, just spending some time contemplating Mother Earth and how incredibly important she is to us. Um, and saying that, the moon, it cycles, they govern us, they impact us. You know, some people may not believe that, but it's just not, it's just not the case. The moon is incredibly important to us. So when the moon is full, this is generally a time of energy. It's a very energetic time. The moon is receiving as much light from the sun as possible. It's completely full. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I generally relate the moon to a seed. So when the moon is new and it's empty, it's like a tiny little seed that we plant. And as the cycle moves forward, as the sun adds light to the moon, so our intention is supported and sprouts and grows. And so the opposite is true for the full moon. The moon has already reached its peak of fruition. And now we contemplate those elements of ourselves. It could be about our personality. It could be about our lives, elements in our lives. We contemplate what we are willing to let go of, what we want to release. And this moon particularly is so, <laughs> so powerful for this. What is it time to let go of? Okay. This full moon is going to be taking place in Shadabishak. And some call it Shadabisha. They leave off the end. I like to say Shadabishak. And so this is within the sign of Aquarius. And so Aquarius in and of itself can be very revolutionary. It can be a humanitarian. It likes to combine forces. It likes to view the world without boundaries. It doesn't like to conform to rules or regulations. It doesn't like to take on identities that were formulated for it. So they're the, they're the visionaries that are like, wait, why should I be wearing these certain clothes just because I was born with this body? Why should I be doing these certain rituals just because I was raised with them? They're the type who see outside of the box and think beyond barriers or titles. That's a little bit about Aquarius. But now, looking at the next Shatra, being in Shadabishak, Shadabishak is the hundred healers. There is a connection 
to first of all, healing and releasing really sticky, stubborn wounds of the past. There's also a connection to combining forces and working with others, the hundred healers, right? Aquarius is also the humanitarian. It's coming together, working together. This certain nakshatra in Aquarius, Shadabishak, represents coming together and combining forces. So it would be an excellent time for therapy or seeking therapeutic remedial measures, doing any type of research online. What I do want to talk about, though, is looking at the wounds of ourself and releasing those sticky, stubborn wounds that are no longer serving us. Now, this can't happen overnight a lot of the time. But when we set an intention to start releasing these wounds, right, these places in ourselves that have been there for a long time, and we notice them, we name them, because we can't get anything, we can't get rid of anything if we're not aware that it's there. We have to know that it's there in order to release it. And I feel like some of you are going to feel that on a visceral level. You know, have you ever been suddenly aware of something that you're doing, suddenly aware of a pattern or like an emotional tendency that you have, and then all of a sudden you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've been doing this thing this entire time and it's from my childhood. Then you're aware of it and you can start working with it, right? So this is a powerful time to contemplate those areas. What areas are you struggling in? Where is there tension? You know, what area of your life just kind of makes your insides ball up a little bit? Because that's an indicator that there's something there that you're not resonating with, that you're not open with, that you don't feel secure and confident about. And so how can you work with yourself to trust yourself enough to go into those certain situations, meet up with those certain people if that's what you want, or engage in those conversations? Because that's what it all boils down to, is trusting ourself to take care of us no matter what situation we're in. And so there's this idea of samskara, and a samskara is a deep emotional wound. It's a deep emotional wound that it could have occurred in childhood. Maybe something happened to you when you were little and you developed this little callus or um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Scar. And now as you get older, you still feel that callus rubbing against you, or you still feel that scar, and whenever someone gets near it, it gets really tender, and you move away from it, and you don't want to get near it. You know, and this is where we see different addictions arise. And I want to say that Shadabishak is also associated with addiction. It's associated with a veiling, which can be like a numbing, separating yourself from it. So like many things with astrology, we have a dichotomy. We either choose to heal and move forward and collaborate, or we're going to choose to numb out and put that veil up and live a life of illusion. So there is a connection to addiction here. Powerful time to release addiction. But going back to some scars for a moment, they can also be related to past lives. Sometimes we come into this world, we're three or four years old, and we're terrified of water, and our parents have no idea why. Maybe we're terrified of water. In our past life, we drowned. Maybe we're terrified of fast cars, 
right? In our past life, we had a car accident. We're terrified of dogs for no reason. Past life, a dog attacked us. We come into this life with those previous samskaras or wounds attached to us, and we're reborn because there are parts of ourselves that we need to heal. We're on this earth because there's something inside of us that we need to heal. You're listening to this podcast because there's something inside of you that is calling you towards a more spiritual place, a more enlightened and aware place. Okay, People who are wanting to open their eyes and be aware, this is not their first rodeo. They've been on this earth many, many, many times. And we all have some scars. Okay, That's why we're reborn again. Um, but I digress. So this full moon, it's asking us, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to engage in this veil? Are you going to create a veil? Are you going to spiritually bypass? Because that's, you know, it's better than being addicted to drugs or alcohol, but it's still separating yourself from connecting with others, and it's still, connect, it's still separating yourself from connecting deep in your heart to see what hurts. Because it takes a lot of courage to see what hurts. Or you're going to lift the veil, and you're going to look and strive for connection with those around you by releasing what's painful inside of yourself or releasing those habits that numb you out releasing habits that cause disconnection. Those are the only things that are separating us from one another, in my opinion. And of course, other people need to be open to it too, but if we're all doing our own work, we're all creating this world of connection. Let me see if there is anything else about Shadabishak. I did want to say that releasing addiction on this full moon, just even setting the intention. Because again, this doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you're going to say, okay, I'm going to release this addiction and the next day it's gone. But you're strengthening a neural pathway. You're saying, okay, I am devoting myself. I'm devoting this month to creating a new neural pathway to myself, for myself. And these neural pathways are created by making new choices, even if they're incredibly challenging. Like, no, I refuse to drink alcohol every day. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and then 30 days goes by and it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. You're literally creating a new neural pathway in your brain. And this can be with alcohol, this can be with addiction to sex, even other types of stimulants. It could be addiction to your phone and social media. It could be notoriety. Uh, fame, you know, success. There's so many different addictions beyond just substance. There's addiction to cutting yourself down. There's addiction to separating yourself from intimacy as soon as somebody gets too close. And it's all boiling down to the way our brain is wired, making new choices to create a new neural pathway as a responsible adult, which is hard work, but this is the time to set that intention and to see what you need to work on and name it with clarity. So I hope that that manifests for you. So looking at, I hope that that all made sense. I feel like I just went on a tangent for 15 minutes. So looking at the rest of the sky. So what is so challenging about this period of time that we're about to step into is that most of the benefic planets which bring positive, happy results, are being influenced by malefic planets, 
okay? So for example, we have a heavy influence of, from Saturn and Mars. It's not a traditional Vedic uh, position, but Saturn is technically squaring Mars, which is a rough position to have. Mars is aspecting Venus. Saturn is also aspecting Venus. Venus is our diplomacy, our kindness, our love and sincerity um, being aspected by these two malefic planets. Uh, we have K2 aspecting Mars. If you've taken any of my courses, you know that both of these planets, the energy of them can be very rough if they're connected. It can bring accidents, it can bring violence, it can bring sudden events that are harsh, okay? K2 is aspecting Mars. We have Rahu aspecting the moon, which can bring this feeling of anxiety, neurotic thoughts, um, proneness to conspiracy, which... I don't know how I feel about conspiracies these days. <laughs> I, I don't feel, uh, I don't know. Just be open-minded to everything, right? But Rahu's going to have that influence on the moon, making it difficult to know what to believe. The moon will also be with Neptune, amplifying that. The moon is with Neptune. Neptune is illusion, deception. can also be glamour. I'm going to get into that in a minute. And then, of course, um, well, I guess that's all of our aspects for now. I mean, the Mercury is combust. It's super close to the sun, so it's getting kind of blown out a little bit. So as you can see, all of the benefic planets are receiving malefic aspect. It makes it pretty challenging. Um, I should say that Shadabishak is actually ruled by Rahu, and now it's receiving aspect from Rahu. So certainly be careful. You know, it's going to be a challenging time to really connect with yourself. Um, I would recommend certainly taking time to meditate, taking time away from social media. Truly, this month is going to be really intense. And I know that I preach about this all the time on podcasts, but it's so important for our mental health. Taking some time from social media on the phone, spending time in nature, connecting to the earth, taking off your shoes, walking in the grass. Um, I know that that sounds maybe silly to some of you, but I do that regularly. I think it's a great practice getting some sunlight, making sure you're getting that vitamin D that's so important for your mental well-being and your happiness, serotonin levels. Um, so just trying to spend more time in nature grounding. Um, so it's going to be a challenging month. Now, what is interesting, Mars is going to retrograde on September 9th. So in the beginning of this month, we're going to feel Mars station. It's going to slow down, it's going to station, and then it will begin to retrograde. This is a very delicate time. It's going to feel very turbulent. We're going to see much more conflict. People are going to start protesting. Um, there's going to be a lot of civil unrest that we're going to see develop, I do believe. Now, Saturn will direct on September 29th. Jupiter is going to direct on September 12th. And then on September 19th, Rahu and K2 are going to shift. I'll do an entire segment on Rahu and K2 shifting. Um, I'm just sharing this so that if you haven't listened to my other podcast, you know that there's going to be a lot of energy shifting this month. And with the planets going direct, it's giving a lot of energy to do things, get things done. And which is a good thing. But when people are upset and angry, it's going to give the power to move forward with things. Okay, so we're going to see these 
protests manifest, civil unrest manifest, and violence manifest. So again, focusing on what you can control, what you can harness, taking time away. Um, and, you know, this is all part of time. And it's unfortunate. Um, I know that we are going to see huge changes occur in February 2021, as I've mentioned. And after February 2021, for the next several years, we're going to see change of the economy, structures of the government, currency, things like that. Generally, these, the civil unrest and unhappiness and people protesting is a necessary part of this transition and change. And if you're familiar with Kali, the goddess, right, she's um, generally depicted in a quote-unquote horrible form is what she's referred to as. And she looks, you know, she's wearing jewelry of heads and arms and legs, you know, and she's not afraid of anything. But she represents timelessness and how time is continuously moving forward. And I believe that this is really um, harnessing that power of her. We're, we're moving forward. There is a lot of unhappiness and a lot of unrest. There's going to be a lot of violence. And this is, unfortunately, an inevitable consequence of time moving forward and change needing to occur. So hopefully that lands with you and you understand that well. So with the moon being with Neptune, the moon is going to be in the sign of Aquarius. This is the natural place that it is in for the chart of the United States. As I was mentioning earlier, this next chapter has to do with lifting a veil, illuminating illusion, um, or excuse me, illusion and deception. I think that there are going to be messages coming out in this time that are increasingly um, deceptive. And Neptune is illusion, right? It's, it is deception. It's going to be in the third house of the United States, which, which is the media advertising. It's in Shadabishak, the healers, okay? There might be something else that's coming out about uh, different solutions they've found for coronavirus or different um, vaccines or something to cure it. And just taking everything in stride. Once you hear something, let it sit, you know, wait a few days. Because I do think that the messages that we're going to hear are going to fluctuate. They're going to go back and forth and change rapidly. So um, just try to move slowly. Try to move slowly with the media because it's going to start moving pretty quickly and we're going to get bombarded with various messages. So think critically. Trust yourself. Trust your intuition. So... Getting into the personal horoscopes, if you are an Aries ascendant or an Aries moon, so keep in mind that these can be done from your moon sign or your rising sign. In sidereal astrology, we are lunar based, so we pay attention to the moon. Um, and then of course, the rising sign is incredibly important too. So if you are an Aries ascendant, this is a powerful time to look at different people in your life and your friends in your life, your network circles, have they been serving you well? Do you have any type of personality tendency in your engagements with network circles that you're ready to release to be more authentic with yourself? If you are a Taurus ascendant or a Taurus moon, this is going to involve your career. 
Is there anything in your career that needs to be clarified? Any tendency that you have when engaging with your career? Is there any deceptive nature in your career that you feel like it needs to be addressed? Or maybe you are demonstrating this deceptive nature in your career that you can address to be more authentic and true to yourself in the workplace. You may also have some type of divine insight into what career you're supposed to pursue, maybe what you're supposed to do with your life. This is a super transformative time for Taurus Ascendant, Taurus Moon. If you are a Gemini Ascendant or Gemini Moon, this is going to involve your Dharma, your path and your purpose in life. What are you ready to release that is keeping you from fulfilling your destiny, from being in touch with what your purpose really is, what you're supposed to be doing? This is a powerful time to check in with different teachers, check in with your father, but make sure to question what you're learning um, because there may be a tendency to hear deceptive messages in your teachings. So, you know, it might be the opposite. It may be an incredibly illuminating experience, but it could also have some deception. So be sure what you're hearing and the messages you're following really resonate with you. But again, reevaluating your path, releasing blocks that you're having that may be keeping you from your destiny. If you are a Cancer Ascendant or Cancer Moon, wow, this is, this is deep. You know, this is going to be, this full moon will be occurring in the eighth house. And so the eighth house can represent personal transformation. It represents those deep scars, the samskaras that I was talking about. It's a great time to contemplate your samskaras, emotional wounds from the past, things that maybe you've carried over from a past life, releasing them and letting them go so that you can live from a place of sincerity and releasing fear. The eighth house can also be fear. So what is in your way? What's, what's keeping you from living a life without fear? What can you release to feel completely secure in yourself and trusting of yourself and letting that manifest? It doesn't need to happen right away. This is really deep stuff. Um, but taking a look at it, Saturn is also going to be aspecting Venus on your ascendant. So this might be around love or romance how you connect with other people in a diplomatic way or friendly way. It could, you know, more than likely a romantic way. What's blocking you from connecting with sincerity? What fear do you have? If you are a Leo ascendant or Leo moon, this is going to be occurring in your seventh house of relationships. Again, you know, contemplating what is occurring in your relationship. If you're not in a relationship, what's you know, maybe you don't want to be in a relationship, which is fine. Maybe this could be with business partners. But what is occurring for you that is acting as a veil between you and your partner or you and your business partners? How can you, what can you release that can help you step into your power and your place in relationship, your true place? Um, asking for what you want, asking for what you deserve. Having the moon in the seventh like this, it's going to place a lot of emphasis on the other. And you might be hearing this podcast and be like, oh, well, they're deceptive in this way, or maybe they're, maybe our relationship is illusionary in this way. But take time to think about yourself. What are you blocking in yourself? What are you not connecting with? Is there a veil between you and you? Are you not being honest with yourself in some way when it comes to relationships or business partnerships. I'm just taking a moment to evaluate that. 
For Virgo Ascendant or Virgo Moon, this will be occurring in the sixth house. It's a wonderful time to serve other people. It's a wonderful time to check in with your health. You may take time meditating and scanning your body, your physical body, and just noticing if anything is going on. These samskaras, these emotional wounds, are connected to our body, and often they manifest as disease. If there is something within us that is not healing emotionally, it can very well manifest as a physical disease. So noticing any aches or pains in your neck or in your ankle, you know, it could be in your knee, maybe your stomach gets upset, and try to see if they're connected to anything in your life. Like when you received an injury, maybe what was happening in your life? Was something traumatic or really upsetting happening? Maybe when you get really stressed, your neck starts to ache, or when you get really stressed, your belly starts to churn. Just really sitting with yourself. And, you know, for this one, maybe just reassuring yourself that you're going to take care of yourself. You're here to nurture yourself. You're releasing the idea that external forces can make you ill, you know, um, that way. <laughs> I mean, of course, we're going to get sick regardless of what we do. It's just part of life. But in terms of like the stressors, right, you're going to take care of yourself through that stress. If you are a Libra ascendant or Libra moon, this may be occurring around your creativity, your connection to personal expression. And so is there anything keeping you from speaking your truth in terms of what you're presenting, what you're creating and putting out into the world? This could also have to do with education. Is there anything new that you want to learn that maybe you are keeping yourself from learning? Sometimes there's this idea of imposter syndrome where we feel like we have all this information, but oh, we're not good enough to teach it or oh, we're not good enough to practice it. Maybe you can release that because I can guarantee you that if you've spent any time researching and learning, if you've taken a course on anything, you already know more than someone who hasn't taken that course. So you can already teach it and share that information. The fifth house is all about gaining and sharing information in, in a lot of ways. It's your education, right? You learn, but then you also teach from the fifth house. So any blocks around your creativity or any blocks around gaining information, sharing information. If you are a Scorpio Ascendant or Scorpio Moon, this full moon will be occurring in the fourth house. So this is really deep. The fourth house is your inner sense of security. It's your inner emotions. It's also your relationship with your mother. And so if your mother is alive, if she's passed, maybe looking at wounds, you know, what was created with her. This is typically where so many of our attachment things come into place. What occurred in your childhood that you can release as an adult to be an adult and not live from a place of being a wounded little guy? And, you know, I say that with so much compassion because all of us do this. It's not like, oh, you're acting like a child. I don't intend to say that at all. All of us do this. And so, you know, this can apply to everybody, but particularly for Scorpio Ascendant or Scorpio Moon, how did that early relationship with her form your connections and intimacy in your adult life, your inner sense of security, how you rely on yourself and perceive yourself as an individual? 
Sometimes maybe we get shaped to believe we're here to people please. We're here to do everything for other people and live for other people. It could be the complete opposite. Maybe we think that everyone is here for us. So contemplating that, noticing, you know, what illusion may be coming into place here that's keeping you from connecting with others and truly connecting with others. Now, this could also be around your home. It could be a good time to release anything in your home that's no longer serving you or bringing you happiness. Just working to create a more secure place for yourself. That feels really good. That's what we're going for. If you are a Sagittarius Ascendant or Sagittarius Moon, this will be occurring in your third house. And so this could be around siblings. You know, if there's anything with your siblings that you need to clear up and talk about, could be a powerful time for that. It could also be a powerful time to look at your different skills. I think that we forget about that with the third house, or at least I do sometimes. We look at our skills and maybe we're way more skillful than we think we are. Maybe there's something holding us back from playing the piano or doing art. You know, maybe we just don't think that we're good enough at these things to do them, but we really enjoy them. Just taking time to look at that and, and see if there's anything in your day that you can, anything in your day that you can implement just for the sheer joy of it without necessarily needing to be good at it. Now, this can also really impact communication. How are we sending messages that may be illusionary or deceptive? You know, and lots of times we're deceptive to protect ourselves, right? We don't want to get caught. We don't want to experience consequence. So again, I say this with a lot of compassion, but what in our presentation, maybe even on the media, we're posting these things on the media and presenting ourselves a certain way, but maybe it's not real. Maybe it's not really how our life is. How can we take steps to making our life what we want it to be? What can we do to make our life what we're presenting on the media? And then similarly, what we can communicate with those around us coming from our, this really deep space of truth, how we want to act, even if it's scary, what we want to say, even if it's scary. And coming back to that place of, you are going to have your back no matter what. If you are a Capricorn ascendant or Capricorn moon, this is going to influence your relationships because Saturn is in the first, Venus is in the seventh. So just keeping that in mind. But looking at the full moon, it will be occurring in the second. And so the second house is our finances, it is our speech, it's our early family life. So maybe taking time to look at that. The sun will be in the eighth house as well. So as I was talking about with Cancer Ascendant, for Capricorn Moon, Capricorn Ascendant, it's a powerful time to look at these past wounds that have occurred that may be really deep and beginning to name them, see how they're impacting our life, and then allowing them to slowly leave, slowly healing them. This could also be around money. I think it's a wonderful time to balance your checkbook, notice what you've been spending money on, the reality of your current financial situation, and your speech. What you've been saying versus what you've been wanting to say or intending to say. Powerful time to begin speaking your truth. If you are an Aquarius ascendant or Aquarius moon, this is going to be occurring on your first house. It's Aquarius. So I feel like for you on a very deep level, this is your addictions. And again, we're addicted to something. Most people have some addiction or some vice to something. Can you sit with it, evaluate it, and name it? It may even be depending on other people to make decisions. Um, 
you know, being addicted to being alone or being addicted to being with people. And just looking at it, right? Not trying to name it, or excuse me, you want to name it. Not trying to label it as good or bad. Definitely naming it, looking at it, noting it. But it's not good or bad. It's just something to notice and that you can work with. Always looking at these things with compassion. Um, I think it, it's a powerful time for dreams. You may be dreaming a lot. Some of you may not be aware of this, but when we dream, we're actually burning off karma. And so sometimes we don't want to dream, but it's actually a powerful time to release some of this deep stuff that we have going on. So if you are dreaming a lot, when you wake up just journaling it, reflecting on it, you may get some really important messages here. If you are a Pisces ascendant or Pisces moon, this full moon will be occurring in your 12th house. And again, this is your subconscious mind, your dream state. So similarly to Aquarius, you may be having really deep dreams, which I encourage you to pay attention to, write, note down, process. And this could be in regards to the subconscious thinking. I've talked about negative thoughts before and how we kind of talk to ourselves sometimes. This is our subconscious mind. These are things that are just occurring without us trying. It's as easy as our heartbeat or breathing. These thoughts pop into our mind and they're automatic, our automatic negative thoughts. So noticing what comes up, noticing maybe how you can break that addiction and start talking to yourself in a way that you deserve to be spoken to, that your best friend, how your best friend talks to you, if you have a good best friend who's really loving, right? How somebody really loving and gentle speaks to you with lots of compassion and understanding. So I hope that this was helpful. I know this is a little bit of a long one. I hope that it was helpful for you to kind of wrap everything up and be concise. September is going to be a pretty turbulent month. And do the best to take care of yourself. Do your best to take care of those around you. Um, and combine forces. This is the full moon of a hundred healers. We could take the route of separation and creating a veil between ourselves and others. Or we could choose the route of lifting the veil and connecting, combining forces to heal one another, to heal our planet, you know, to heal this separation we've caused. The further we get away from Earth, the further we get away from each other, the easier it is to see these differences. But I think that this is an opportunity to see the connection and how we're all wanting the same thing. We're all wanting love safety, validation. The opposite of addiction is connection. That's what's so interesting about this nakshatra, is that it can either be this addiction that separates, creates a veil, could be connection that heals us and lifts the veil. And it doesn't have to be substance. Keep that in mind. This addiction, it does not have to be substance. What are we addicted to that's causing separation? How can we lift that to see each other with love and compassion. It's going to get very tempting to choose a side and to bash one another and to share harmful messages or share violent messages. Really, really contemplate what you're choosing to post and the influence it's going to have on other people. So I hope that this was helpful. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, please email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrology now underscore. I hardly ever post, but I'm going to try to get better at it. 
I am in the process of making a YouTube video for Lana Del Rey, as I've promised, so that will be coming out as well. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.